Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Jay. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, brother Ian. I really appreciate that. Yes, sir. Well, here's what's on my my mind. I was hoping you were going to cut in and monitor me, but since you didn't, I'm not even going to address that at this point in time, but I will at some other point. And this refers to the call last night, but what I will address uh, is I did have an issue last night. Okay. uh, When I was announced. I'm Ricky from the Commonwealth. Well, when the host, when the host, when the host pulled my call in, you know. Yeah, no, I actually heard I heard your call last night, and, and I actually had a conversation after. with Aria about it today. I told her, "Hey, look, you were accusing Ricky of interrupting you, and in fact, that's what Aria was doing to you, Ricky." I know. So it I did, brutal. I did have some, uh, you know, I did share some words with her about that today. And, well, also uh, since you bring it up, Ian. When it came down to the biggest problem, neither she didn't know about this at all that happened in the afternoon yesterday when it came You're down. You're talking about what Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying yeah, about national Matt, divorce? Well, yeah, I mean, that's Matt, okay. I mean, I, we don't expect people to know what every little politician somewhere is saying about things. So, I mean, that's not – I don't care what politicians say either. I mean, I tend to agree with what Arya said. I pay near to zero attention. I happen to know about the Marjorie Taylor Greene comment because I am kind of zeroed in – to the world of news regarding secession and yeah, you independence. Pretty good, Ian. You don't give yourself enough credit. All right. Well, you what know. were you calling about tonight exactly? Well, what it comes down to is since uh, I wasn't even going to name names, since it did, I guess it's okay. Uh, it happened the previous week, but then I said, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's a common mistake. Now, yes, last night again, uh, what happened? She, uh, when I called in, she says, Ricky from the state of Pennsylvania. This is the <laughs> now, oh, yeah, it set, it sets you off, doesn't it? Well, here's why, Ian, because I'm Ricky from the Commonwealth first, and also I'm a member of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, by the I'm way, definitely... Ricky, uh, we do have another Commonwealth uh, original here. Uh, Jay Noon was, I believe, born on the land known as the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Isn't that right, Jim? Yeah, thanks for saying well, that, that correctly. Know, you know, well, the problem is that used to be known as our sister. But what happened with them is quite some time ago now, because they're municipalities and getting some status within their government, the, the people lost control of their Commonwealth status. The you people know, of, know, for 250 years. The people of Pennsylvania you know? or... This is no, an, Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. This is an excellent yeah, we to- for topic, 250 Ricky. Years. But basically, it comes down to this, Ian, because I'm a member of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and things that are okay to say, you can say Pennsylvania, you can say the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you can say PA, or just the Commonwealth. But calling it the state of Pennsylvania is personally insulting, you know, especially to me, because I'm so not a statist. And neither are people here, and like elected officials, our government would have a spasm. It would seem to me that uh, if you were insulted by someone calling it a state instead of the Commonwealth, that... That would be a kind of a statist opinion, but uh, Jace seems like he wants to weigh in on this, so I want to make sure he has a chance. Yeah, so, uh, you know, language means a lot, and a lot of people actually speak in legalese and don't even really know they're speaking legalese. Uh, Like, for example, when you get pulled over by a cop, he'll say, do you understand why I pulled you over? And that cop might not even know he's speaking uh, legalese, but literally to 
consent or to comprehend or to agree to understand comes directly out of William Blackstone's commentaries for English law, uh, which was the number two selling book. Uh, it was a four-part four uh, book set uh, when the country was being settled after the Bible. Anyways, to understand means to be under the jurisdiction or the dome of, of essentially a government or an entity. And since police officers are, you know, they, they wear many hats, uh, you know, they, they're a constitutional peace protection officer, but they're also enforcing copyright and, um, and uh, in, in, uh, intellectual property law. And most people are unknowingly operating under some form of copyright or in, intellectual property. They go get these special permission slips from the state and whatnot. I'm from right across the border in Binghamton, New York, and everybody from the state of Pennsylvania acts like that. No, oh, do they I'm, really? No, I'm just kidding. It's just, <laughs> it's just one kook. Nobody cares. Well, it's, it's essentially nitpicking, and you know, he, he might be taking it a little too serious or having fun with it. Could be. Um, or, or whatever. And, you know, a little bit of forgiveness goes a long way. I think he, he does take it a little bit too serious. On uh, behalf of smokers in New York, thank you, Ricky, for the cheap smokes in Halstead. You're awesome. And uh, by the way, <laughs> as far as, you know, he was talking about how much better Pennsylvania is compared to New Hampshire. He kind of referenced that uh, they don't have some of the problems that we have here in New Hampshire. I was just pulling up the uh, the handy little website, usdebtclock.org, which has the the state debt as, as well as the national debt. And it's just like constantly going up, right? Like the, the debt numbers. And you can't look at the raw numbers because obviously New Hampshire doesn't have as many people as Pennsylvania. But they do actually a calculation of debt per citizen, so where they do the mm-hmm. division. And in New Hampshire, it's uh, just over $7,000 per citizen of debt. And this is in regards to, I believe, just the state debt. We're not talking about national-level stuff, right? Because then it comes up to like 100000 per per person or something right. like that. Uh, but and the Pennsylvania state debt was, let me see if I can pull it up here again, over 10000 I believe. Yeah, 10700 So uh, quite a bit more spending going on there in Pennsylvania than in New Hampshire. And, of course, there's no chance that's ever going to get under control because there's no liberty movement in new hampshire there's no migration of freedom loving people that are moving into uh into pennsylvania or sorry into uh yeah there's no movement into pennsylvania as he pointed out a lot of people from new york are are moving in there so the odds that you're ever going to see any kind of turnaround to the spending spree going on there is near to zero for a good good part of my life uh basically up until about seven years ago i was in pennsylvania pretty much once a week from mm-hmm. the time I was a little kid. You know, my dad was a horse trader mm-hmm. and we would go to the a horse auction, a couple of horse auctions in Pennsylvania actually. Sometimes we would go to Pennsylvania twice a week. And so New Holland, Pennsylvania, which is s- essentially the heart of Lancaster, which is Amish country. Right. So there's a lot of Amish country in New Hampshire, there's a lot of Amish upstate New York. Uh and I think one of the best places you could be if there was like a serious um, economic financial collapse is is heavy, is is already be trading and with an Amish community or Amish families, uh, because the uh, the Amish are they're self sufficient. They're self sufficient. They're a huge major backbone. You will um, you will find that uh, the English people who grow up sort of around the Amish, um, a lot of the kids uh, like uh, really sort of they they like the Amish. They sort of see them as like something to look up to because. Mm-hmm. They're like all the most of the Amish people are just real men. You know, the Amish aren't doing this woke nonsense. They're not. They're <laughs> not. Not really. Um, you know, getting into the internet. Uh, and and the ones that are just you know getting destroyed because I, I actually mm. have had a, a two years ago 
um, well, three years ago, <laughs> was right after my daughter was born. I had a, j- j- the beginning of the scamdemic. I had a, a, a discussion, a group discussion. It was a, c- a conference call, eight or nine of these Amish elders, and two of the guys I knew pretty well were on a speakerphone at the local corner store where they had a room in the back. They would, you know, use the phone, and they would have meetings in there, and they wanted me to explain Facebook to them. So the Amish, the old order Amish, mm-hmm. they're more hardcore. They were like, you know, they could have electricity in the dairy farm, in the barn, uh, or but in the house, you know, he would use his, you know, gas lantern to go walk in mm-hmm. the house, and the house was, you know, lit with, you know, propane or whatever. Uh, but the last time I was in New Holland, Pennsylvania, most of the Amish kids had a smartphone. Wow. And, and, and what I say by Amish kids, so the kids wearing a straw hat, mm-hmm. you know, dressed up in, you know, the handmade clothes. Right. Um, you know, um, you know, wearing, you know, some shoes they inherited from an older brother or even running around barefoot. Uh, and they're tough. You see them running around barefoot in the wintertime. It don't even bother them. You're like <laughs> walking these 2000 pound draft horses down the aisle and, you know, 12 year old kids barefoot. And um, but anyways, uh, they, they, they definitely the, the uh, technology came a long way. Well, even there was a kid that uh, he used to uh, ride horses for my dad a lot through the auction to help my dad out when. Uh, you know, us kids didn't go down there for whatever reason. And uh, all of a sudden he's like gone. And we see him like two years later and we're like, Hey man, what happened to you? You know, my dad really missed you. Oh, I got busted for what? Well, I was moving cocaine and I got busted. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know? man, He was like 25 years old and he ended up doing a couple years in jail. Damn. Um, so, you know, they, the, the Amish get corrupted just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, our old friend Menno, I don't know if you remember Menno Troyer, sure. who used to be up here. He's, He's a, a super nice guy. Early mover for the Free State Project. I used to know him in, in Florida, and he was he was one of the, he grew up Mennonite, and then they did the Rumspringa thing where they can, you know, the kids go out into the real world, and he never came back. <laughs> he went out yep. to the real world and was like, this is great, and then never went back. But if you have a large portion of Amish or Mennonite um farmer types um they're going to be pretty re- uh resistant to a collapse mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. mo- now yeah. most now a lot of them uh you know years ago had bank accounts like you know 6 7 years ago but i can remember like 15 20 years ago a lot of them didn't have bank accounts and they were able to get a bank account without a social security number oh wow that's um, amazing now that would this been pre 2001 because it was a lot easier Pre two thousand one, before the Patriot Act. Once the Patriot Act got into play, then they it roped got everybody in really hard. So definitely, like the guys I were talking to, probably had the bank account since pre two thousand one. Um, but I well, then again, there was a girl on the documentary series that uh, NBC Boston put out this week. Which mm-hmm. if you, you haven't checked it out, you should do that. Yeah, it's I don't NBC, know her. I've never met her. Is NBC that from Boston, Montana. Yeah, NBCBoston.com slash Free State. Uh, I think it was in the Porkfest episode. Where this girl that was at Porkfest, Katura is her name, she's from Montana, and she announced herself as someone who has no social security number. You know, she said, I'm the girl that doesn't exist or something like that. It was pretty cool. But she claimed she got a bank account with no social security number, and this girl's got to be in her 20s. So there's no chance she got that bank account you know, I you have know, prior a friend to 2001. Back home who now identifies as a voluntarist, and he's a great guy. I used to work with him in a restaurant. And uh, he has never, he was in the military mm-hmm. and he's never had a social security number. Mm. So, so this girl you're talking about, 
funny thing. So I do the show last week. Yeah. And I got texts. So when I when I got home, I had a couple of signal messages and SMS tech me- text messages from friends. Hey, great to hear you on Free Talk Live again. And then oh, cool. the, the next morning, the next day, I got I must have got fifteen you know comments like that. You wow. Know? And anyways, uh, and then uh, about. Four people, I guess, mentioned this girl. Hey, did you meet her at Porkfest? She mm-hmm. was on the uh, NBC special, and you know, you should have thought because you know, I've never had. Because you bank also account. don't have yeah, a social security number. Social security number, and um, so I have recently had a discussion with a friend uh, who says, "Yeah, you don't need a social security number. You don't need to swear to be a federal United States citizen to get a bank account." It got mentioned on the show last night. Uh, this Marjorie Taylor Green, she's this Trumper, basically. She's a uh, Georgia U.S. representative, as I understand, and she's you know controversial. As yeah, it's a name I've heard a lot about, but I I don't really know why she's controversial. She's she's just controversial because she has been, and I guess a little bit of credit due to her for this. I don't know a whole lot about her otherwise, but she's she's caused a stir at like the State of the Union addresses. She, she'll like heckle yeah, the yeah, State even, of the Union. So she's pretty outspoken. I kind of like a lot of what she does. Um, so one of the, so she was on, uh, Tim Cass a few times and she explained it pretty well there. Um, that's actually when, uh, those guys first got swatted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, and, and Luke's hung out with her. Okay. Uh, so anyways, but one of the things that she does that she talked about is in Congress, um, there'll be like a handful of representatives in Congress, uh, in, you know, in, in a session and they'll start voting on bills. And like nobody's there, so there's a thing called uh, a roll call vote, where right. everyone has to has to everyone in Congress has to vote on this, and they're on the record, so you know exactly how they right. voted. Well, what what happens is a lot of times when they're in Congress, there's just a handful of these guys there, um, not you know the 538 of them or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, they just like start voting through bills, hmm. and. Uh, so what she's been doing is forcing a roll call vote, really, really pissing the establishment off, mm-hmm. and they've been giving her a real hard time about that. Um, and oh, yeah, they don't like that because then they're on the record, right? Then they're on the record because normally it's just a yay or nay, right? Like yep. it's just the whole room yells and then that's it. And the same thing happens here in New Hampshire, by the way. You have to force the roll call vote on the the issues that you think are important to get these guys on the record otherwise you have no idea who voted how so so anyway and you know she i think her and her husband own like a very large um you know um construction company um and i'm sure they get all kinds of you know government you know jobs Mm -hmm. uh which you know i i don't think that's cool and there's definitely been uh but like she's been really good about some things she was like she's very much for like uh you know, abolishing the ATF and the IRS and getting rid of the, um, that's like special licensing. I forget what it's called. Like yeah, but the, a, lo- a lot of politicians will say those things, but they don't actually do anything about it. I mean, has she proposed a bill to abolish the IRS? I'm not sure. No, there's no way. I mean, they're not going to do that. What they are proposing now is the fair tax, so-called fair tax. The Republicans have finally, this was the whole thing with the, uh, what was the guy's name? The the new guy that's in that's running the, the house McCarthy, that's his yep. name. This, this guy McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. Uh, he was people like Marjorie Taylor Greene weren't voting this guy in. I think she was one of the yep. ones that was she holding was. out, and they all ultimately ended up voting for him. But after holding out for a few days in order to quote unquote negotiate certain things, and yeah. one of the things they negotiated 
was another Georgia rep. So maybe there's, I don't know how many there are down there, but one of the other ones has the fair tax bill because that originally got started uh, down in Georgia. It was Neil Bortz, the talk show host who used to pimp that thing two decades ago. So this thing's been around for two decades at least. I mean, we talked about it back, I think, when this show was still in Florida. We had a guest on the show to discuss what the so-called fair tax was. And for listeners that don't know, it's a proposal to have a national sales tax, basically, like a 23 to 30% national sales tax. The people from the Texas Nationalist Movement, which is Daniel Miller, they do an amazing job of promoting independence in Texas. They've been at this thing for like three decades now, so they've, they're the ones that have the most experience at doing this. He interviewed somebody from Scotland, and there's this like professor. His name is Matt Quartrup. It's spelled really funny, but it's like Q-V-O-R-T-R-U-P or something. Anyway, he's a professor, and he has he's like the world's foremost expert on independence movements and there actually is one currently in in scotland that he's he's like a part of and anyway he's coming to the apparently he's coming to the u.s to give speech at some i think texas university and hopefully we'll get some video of that when that when that happens but quartrip says that there's international law that says clearly that apparently they tried to change this but they weren't able to that if a state secedes from or a nation secedes from a, a larger nation, that they do not hold any liability for the larger nation's debt. So that's like a that's like a firm thing when it comes to international law. If, if you if you leave a larger union, you do not hold the union's debt as a smaller piece of it. Now, as a man that's alive and can fog up glass, yep. um, I believe that I've done that. Uh, just walk, you know. Uh, opted out of the United States. I think we just need like 379 million more people doing the exact same thing. Yeah, you're never going to get that. But if you could get a small percentage of them to do it, and you could get a bunch of those people, if they love liberty, to move to New Hampshire, maybe you'd have a chance. There is well over 100 people I'm pretty pretty aware of in New Hampshire that have done that. They've done essentially the... Just opted uh, out? Well, the the process where they, you know, get a passport application and put in explanatory Mm -hmm. statement explaining they're not a federal you know, 14th Amendment, United States citizen, and that they're claiming that they're a state national, essentially, of New Hampshire, and they're explicit in, you know, the organic, uh, you know, New Hampshire, not this, you know, legal fiction incorporation that was created in the 1880s under what's called the Libra Codes. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, and, and, and well, also... Well, girl from Porkfest says she got a passport without a social security number. Yeah, so, I, well, I got a passport, too, without a mm-hmm. social security number, and they're like, you know... When I did the passport process, they rejected it three times, uh, two times. I had to redo it three huh. times. Uh, the first time they said, oh, the the guy, the the passport agent didn't sign it. And I actually had a photo of the guy um, with his signature on it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when you go to the post office and the, and the guy signs mm-hmm. it. And then the second one, they were like, oh, you, you didn't furnish a social security number. And we put right in there. They have an affidavit that, that you were never, that you do not have a social security number. Right. And what a lot of people are doing when they do this particular process is one part of it is they're sending the social security number back, the social security number back to the uh, social security administration. And they also send a letter to the IRS saying, I'm not participating in your program anymore. Um, and if anybody wants to check that out, that's destinationfreedom.org. Uh, Christopher Gronsky is, uh, you know, the guy's name who, who does that. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, uh, yeah, destinationfreedom.org. So quite simply with um, 
you know, it's one great thing about New Hampshire is we got a lot of people uh, learning about this stuff, opting out of the system. And then you got like a lot of people who are just going to like, this is one guy in a chat group. He's constantly just whining about stuff. He's a, he's his chronic whiner. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I bring these things up about, um, you know, I'm not interested in being in a private member association, for example, with U.S. citizens. Mm. Uh, I would only be involved in some kind of organization or, 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 or association of people who are explicitly without the United States. And, you know, for example, that guy like throws a fit about that. Um, and, and a lot of people like his things, I'm just going to ignore them. I went to Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter profile here because she has been, uh, and I didn't realize she was tweeting so much. She has been tweeting a lot uh, about the idea of national divorce over the last couple of days. I was trying to find the actual quote uh, that she used recently that kind of got all this controversy started. They did share it last night on the show, and essentially what it said was that she believes that the states should divorce by red and blue and that the government should be or the national government should be reduced in size or something to that effect. Like I said, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but the way it sounded, it sounded as though she didn't really understand what a national divorce would be. She almost made it sound like that the federal government would still exist uh, in that in that case. Now, she apparently did appear on the Sean Hannity program recently to explain herself on this. And we may just go ahead and, uh, and share some of that coming up here. If it's, if it's worth doing, I'll, I'll check it out in a little bit and we'll see if it's actually worth sharing that interview because I am curious to know exactly what it is she is proposing. And you can't just, you can't just extrapolate what somebody means from a, a 280 character tweet. You know, right. There's not a lot that you can really pull out of that. But there has been a lot of controversy that has sprung up within the conservative you know, side of things because she's a conservative uh, person. And a lot of these opinion leaders or influencers or whatever you want to call them on the conservative side have been going off against the idea of national divorce. Of course they have. Yeah. And so there's one character named Matt Walsh. And are you guys familiar with this? Sure. He's the one a woman guy, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, so I actually found this guy, I don't know, maybe like a year or so ago. He got on my radar because there was some panel he was on. He made a comment that seemed to be in favor of secession. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'll follow this guy, right? Said something kind towards secession at the time, or at least that's the way. I don't remember exactly what it was. It's been more than a year. And so I don't know, watch what this guy says. And he seems like a pretty like normal conservative guy, totally intolerant towards people who are different from him, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so then he weighs in on this national divorce thing. And here's what he had to say. Quote, I understand the national divorce idea, but it can't happen. And besides, I'm not surrendering half of my country to these people. I'd rather spend the rest of my life fighting with them than do that. I won't give them an inch, let alone two million square miles. Guys like Matt Walsh probably wouldn't have the money and the show they have without the controversy being created, right? Uh, essentially, because of this divide. So this is just like telling some parasite class, you know, government employee uh, that you're a free stater here in New Hampshire, and they like look at you like you're an a hole uh, because they know that if governments only 
the only thing government did was protect life, liberty, and property, they're not going to have a pension. Mm-hmm. Because all these state employees, um, not all of them, but most of the ones that I've known, and, and that uh, <laughs> they all essentially live like drunken fishermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is usually fishermen's earnings aren't stolen from people at, with the threats of force. But what I say by a drunken fisherman, so I got guys my age, 43, who they have always have like, you know, brand new pickup truck, you know, a nice sports car. Hannity is actually being kind of nice to her about it in this in this clip. He's kind of fielding her some softball questions uh, about national divorce. So he's not as being as negative as I would have expected a mouthpiece like that to to do. She is uh, putting forward these ideas, and she even suggested that the you know the national divorce movement is much larger than people in D.C. might even realize that it is. So hopefully we're going to see more discussion about this. She has definitely set off people uh, within the conservative opinion community, including this Matt Walsh character who uh, said that he understands national divorce, but it can't happen. And that he's, besides, not surrendering half of his country to these people, he says. He'd rather spend the rest of his life fighting with them, he says, than do that. And this is the exact same opinion that I received when I went down after the 2016 election when Trump was elected. I went down to the protests that was going on in Keene Central Square where some number of liberal types were holding anti-Trump signs. And you remember when that happened, right? There was a lot of protests after Trump got elected. Yep. And I said, I'm going to take some flyers because I've had these New Hampshire Independence flyers for the last decade thanks to the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. I like to pass those out at various different events and, and such. So I got my New Hampshire Independence flyers together and I went down there to the protest because I thought, what better time to talk to some people on the left about independence than when right now. the hated guy uh, got elected? Surely there will be some open minds to the idea of independence at this uh, at this event. Nope. And there were. No, no, no. There Was were. there? Some of the younger people uh, were, were open to hearing about the idea. That's and interesting. They took, they took flyers. But the older people, not so much. And one of the guys that I spoke with, an older gentleman, I don't know, maybe in his 60s or something like that. Uh, he used the exact same excuse that Matt Walsh did. Said, "Well, why don't you just support, you know, saying goodbye to Trump and the the right wingers and having more, you know, ability to do what you want to do and not have to fight with these people?" And he goes, "I will fight until the day I die to take back our country." You know, the whole thing is the exact same talking point. These people love. The idea of forcing their viewpoint down the throats of their political opposition. Instead and, of just walking away. Right. Instead of walking away and having a society that more meets their viewpoint. Right. They want to absolutely coerce people who are dis, you know, who disagree with them into obeying their, their diktats. And it's a sick cycle of abuse. Because none of them wants to to go out while they're not on top. And, of course, when they're on top, they don't want to go out, right? So if they're being oppressed by the other side, well, then they want to fight back so they can take over the the power structure, turn the tables, and then start forcing their views on the side that's currently forcing their view, you know. Yeah, and, like, you know, a a lot about stuff like that is always idiosyncratic to a lot of people. Like you said, if you just walk away, you'd end up getting... The society you're actually trying to get in the first place, or you get a lot more, a lot you closer, get closer to, it. to it. Yeah, 
And the same thing, you know, I was on, I was in a conversation uh, with somebody online, and they're saying they're talking about how New Hampshire doesn't have a minimum wage, and it's awful. And by the way, they voted down the proposal to uh, to create a minimum wage in New Hampshire that that got voted down, I think, today. Oh, good. Again, yeah. thank God. And, and there is a minimum wage. It's like twenty five bucks an hour right now. Yeah, well, you mean you're set not going to earn market. less than twenty? Yeah, you mean set by the marketplace, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a marketplace minimum. It's a you know the hidden hand minimum wage, not a. That's not for a, skilled labor. You're dictated. still looking at probably fifteen for uh, 15, for unskilled. 15, uh, 16, 17 bucks at McDonald's. Yeah, it's no a, McDonald's in Hillsboro. Uh, I talked about this last week. Kid I talked to was making twenty two bucks an hour. Are there, you kidding me? He, he, wow, I, that's what he told me. That's amazing. And he said uh, they offered him twenty five to stay, and he ended up working a few more weeks at twenty five dollars an hour, because he you know because they were really low on staff until they got someone else in there. Yeah. And, he, and he just wanted to go work at the tire shop across the street, and he actually took a pay cut. Well, I've still seen uh, like Dunkin' Donuts and uh, Aldi grocers here. They're still shooting at like sixteen, fifteen on their advertising. So that's that's twice minimum wage. Still, it's twice sure. and change. Yeah. Well, that's what the socialists have been pushing for for so many years is the fight for fifteen. Well, there it is. There you it go. Happened on you know. Well, on now, its own. no, no, they're up in that now. They want to do the fight, the fight for twenty. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah, they're they're such morons. But but what they don't what they don't understand is if these people like in this in this state. You know, it everywhere, if you just walk away from the problem, like that is not a, that's not even a fight worth fighting the fight for 15. It's a stupid fight. If you go away and you just open up the markets, you know, New Hampshire has fairly free markets. And if you allow them to be, you're going to have strict competition for labor. Oh, big time right and now. And people are going to have to pay in order to have labor. Hey, and it's Frank from Michigan. Frank, what's on your mind tonight? Ian, I'm surprised at you. I can't believe that you are promoting stealing. Even if it's from the government, uh, stealing electricity from the government doesn't seem to be very libertarian. But that's not why I call. Well, everything they have is already stolen, so you're just reappropriating it for yourself. Okay, so no holds barred then. All right, gotcha. I want to talk about your case. Before that, um, do you have any, ever have any contact with Sam Dodson, your old buddy that moved to Texas? Uh, you ever hear yeah, from him? Sam's doing up? great. He's uh, he's hosting a regular streaming show, and what is his username? I think it's To the Lifeboats. Uh, oh no, I think he changed it, or he got banned from Twitter a couple of times, and then in this recent Elon Musk Twitter takeover, they did unban his account. And I will see if I can find out what it is for you. It is green. Eggs and Sam. The username is at Ham Eggs and Sam. The letter N. Ham Eggs and Sam is his username. He's got like thirty three thousand followers, wow. and uh, his his live streams get thousands of, of viewers. So he's doing a lot better than we are. Actually, Sam's doing great. Why do you ask? All right, sounds just good. curious. I'll definitely look him up. Uh, I, I always liked him uh, when he would be a guest on your show or whatever. Yeah, I miss Sam. Day. He's a really talented guy. I hope that we can get him back up here someday, as well as all the wonderful activists that we've lost over yeah, it was the years partially his videos that got me here absolutely dude's uh, an amazing uh, media talent so what else uh just real quick about your case if you can talk about it um i know you're going uh for sentencing in april right uh that's correct yep um what was the most serious I, you were convicted of six charges i believe what was the most eight. serious oh eight okay my bad so some kind of fraud or something? What was the most serious charge? No, there was no fraud. Uh, they dropped all the wire fraud charges prior to the trial, and the uh, the charges that were the largest sentences were the so-called money laundering charges. So there was one where they had an undercover officer 
who claimed to be a heroin dealer who I refused to sell Bitcoin to that then went to use a Bitcoin vending machine in the area, and they are calling that money laundering, um, even though I told him that I couldn't authorize him to do that. Uh, he went ahead and did it anyway, and they charged me with that. And then there's another one that they hit me with, uh, which was conspiracy to money launder, where they say that uh, just basically because some scam artists were on the internet who managed to victimize some people, and then those victims came and bought Bitcoin from me, uh, that I should have known that they were being scammed somehow, and that because I, they say they think that I knew, uh, you know, because of that, they argued that it was a conspiracy with those scam artists, even though there was never any kind of actual communications. Uh, between me and the scam artist, they never, you know, had a shred of evidence of anything like that because nothing like that exists. Uh, but just because I didn't know or like, you know, there's this thing called willful ignorance, apparently. And of course, that's in my opinion, it's ridiculous because I was checking these people. I was talking to these people. I asked them a series of uh, you know, probing questions in like many you're cases. supposed to and got their IDs and, you know, gave them plenty of opportunity to, you know, realize that they were being a victim of a scam but you know they they were telling lies to me to trick me basically into doing uh, these sales to them uh, but you know none of my none of my points apparently uh, set with the jury so they found me guilty of those and those are 20 year uh, maximum sentences both of those charges did you testify uh, I did yeah no? yep. okay all right so so just real quick can you tell me like did you have like a like a Bitcoin vending machine, or how did that work exactly? Uh, the Shire Free Church, which is my church, had four different Bitcoin vending machines in New Hampshire. Okay, so people come and just can go to this machine and buy Bitcoin. What does that have to do with you, other than the fact that you are kind of like the leader of the church? Uh, I was the one running that program, so I was the one I mean, handling. But did they have to like talk to you and get your approval, that kind of thing? Is that is that what they're claiming? Because you approved the, the sales that you were No, involved. no, no. The Bitcoin vending machines were privacy-respecting, and I also sold Bitcoin on Local Bitcoins, which is a website, so you could sell Bitcoins directly online to interested parties. And that was one of the other arguments they basically were saying, is that the reason why they think that I had a conspiracy with money launderers or with uh, wire fraudsters to money launder for them was because I announced that I respected privacy. And so therefore, because I announced that I respect people's privacy, therefore that was an invitation, according to them, to have scam artists come and uh, and buy from me, which is ridiculous. But it's, you know, the whole argument the federal government's making here is that privacy is a crime. Chuck is on the line in Washington State. Go ahead, Chuck couple of things. Yes, sir. Uh, I keep hearing these clicks on the phone, just so you know. So, uh, uh, it's every, a phone line. Uh, I mean, sometimes that happens. All communications oh. are being tapped. Just know that. <laughs> every single one of them. There's a, there's a place in somewhere in the West that they use a billion gallons of water a day. Oh, yeah, the Utah um, facility Utah, for the NSA. Yeah. Yeah. And um, convince the state to shut them off. You know, you, you, we hear the commercials. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> anyways, uh, like economic freedom foundation or whatever but uh yeah so all communications are being data mined and then when red flags pop up it goes into a queue and somebody actually ai is probably sorting all uh, everything probably out by now. now yeah so they can just super efficiently just take every single communication you know when your phone's on uh in your pocket and you're talking to your friend it's being probably data mined um you might as well figure good. that it is yeah. yeah even if it isn't it probably you know Consider you're under be, being uh, surveilled. And if certainly can, if you call us, you're good. being surveilled. Yeah, if they can do yeah. it, 
they are. I hope I'm. I hope I'm uh, a gold mine for somebody. <laughs> you know. All right. Or at least I'm doing my part. What were you calling Marjorie about tonight? Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie yes. Taylor Green. You know, mm-hmm. first I wanted when I first learned about Marjorie Taylor Green from the northwest part of Georgia. There, I was like, wow, they elected a trans woman there. I was <laughs> really, but then I figured, oh my God, it's not a trans woman. It's just a, an obnoxious a lady that has a lot to say about nothing. I mean. Uh, Look, if we're talking about a national divorce, I think that what we're really talking about here is this is a manifestation of Marjorie Taylor Greene's insecurity about her own divorce and her attempt to uh, uh, bury the whole idea of um, the whole fact that she got a divorce from her husband back in 2022. And maybe that's trying to, uh, you know, her weak attempt to uh, bury that whole story with her divorce because that. Why would anyone care about her divorce? Christian. Well, I mean, uh, her voters. I mean, she's not the. Uh, oh, because uh, she's a good Christian woman or something, and she's right, not supposed to get a divorce. Right. You can't. Yeah, do well, that. whatever. I mean, she's, I, I she's don't know if this. Hell. I don't she's know if her taking this particular position. He just dropped off the line. Uh, I don't know if her taking this particular position is going to uh, do that, or if that was what her intention was. But I don't care. I mean, the fact is, she's bringing attention to the issue of national divorce, and whether you like that terminology or not, I, I have to. I kind of agree with. Uh, I think it's Bob Murphy. He's a libertarian econo- uh, economist. He's pointing out that he's not a big fan of the terminology national divorce. It's like we generally, those of us who support independence, aren't looking for a bunch of states to join the Red Federation and a bunch of states to join the Blue Federation. Right. I mean, that might be a step in the right direction, but it ain't a big step in the right direction. I don't think it's even a good step in the right yeah. direction, considering that there's all kinds of people from all kinds of... Uh, you know, belief systems and and things that are all over the place that you can't, you know, just because you break off a red state doesn't mean it's all red state people that live there. Well, there's that, but also, like, I'd rather see 50 different uh, divorces instead of two, right? So the more choices that people have, the better off we're all going to be because, as you know, we we pointed out, the conservatives are going to argue with one another over whatever their conservative disagreements and issues are. That's a guarantee. The liberals are going to argue over how best to implement their socialist programs as well. There's going to be schisms there. Mm-hmm. So there should be a different set of liberals living in California than live in Oregon, than live in you know Washington, than live in Massachusetts, and let them all you know spread out to the places that are most like them. Anyway, Jay, you wanted to comment on this. Uh, I don't know if it was the culture war, the terminology yeah. that you used, but go ahead. Hey, well, first off, I want to comment on this caller here that just you know said that Marjorie Taylor Greene was a um, trans whatever. So she does look kind of manly. Well, she's kind of jacked because she <laughs> she she's been a construction worker. Oh, is that she's right? She's like you know got calluses on her hands. You know, she's like the real deal when it comes to you know someone. She's actually the kind of individual I think. She's actually had a real job, unlike correct. a lot of the people in Congress. Her, her, she grew up in a construction company. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, <clears throat> then this this is a cultural thing too. So my observation is is that a lot of the the cultural we'll call it left right now the the people who you know were more than happy to put on a mask and just do what government says, uh, the kind of people who respond very well to fear. Um, and Ernie Hancock and I we've had a lot of discussion about fear uh ernie's always like you know don't be a feared mm-hmm. uh is what he likes to say and anyways the and him and i were talking one day while we were working on something ernie spent a lot of time at my place just you know building his bus and doing projects together 
And he's like, what's the opposite of fear? Love. Uh, Well, I said competence. Hmm. And in order to have competence, you must first have confidence. You also have um, the hormones that they're giving to uh, the cows, the chickens, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the pigs, uh, pork. The other white meat was just propaganda because they were started raising pigs in captivity. You know, 4,000 hogs in like a 12-acre barn on concrete, not getting any sun. Mm. Keep them the perfect temperature, the perfect humidity. Four and a half months, you've got a market hog, and that hog's been fed the cheapest government-subsidized, Roundup-ready, you know, laced, Mm -hmm. chemical, whatever, feed. And so now these pigs are anemic, so that's why pork is white. So, like, you you guys see the the pork that I produce, for example, and Bardo Farm produces. Well, our pigs are on dirt, actually, and we got good dirt in New Hampshire. It's a lot of red dirt here. Mm -hmm. There's iron in it. And pigs need iron. Hmm. Uh, so we have, like, I, I when I'm cooking at Pork Fest, I'm cooking, like, a country-style rib. People are like, what kind of steak is that? <laughs> That's pork. I've never seen pork that red. And I tell people the story mm. about, you know, mm. uh, the white meat propaganda. Uh, pork, the other white meat That's propaganda. That's why pork, the other white meat, is white. It's because they're anemic. Yep. I did not know that. Yes. That's interesting. Uh, factory farming. That's so, and factory horrible. farming can't happen without government-subsidized farming practices. Mm-hmm. So, anyways... You have all these layers, so you got all the synthetic chemicals. You got a, a you got a a, a a baby in utero that's developing, and it's it's getting all this stuff. And then the baby's born, and now the baby's giving. You know, since 1986, has been given. I don't know, forty something vaccines in 1986. Mm. Now it's like 72 vaccines. You know, there uh, is no crazy. safe vaccine. Um, bottom line. Also, and then the kid uh, is growing up in this environment, so. So when you're developed in an environment that is just full of toxins, mom's consuming toxins unknowingly. I mean, most people have no idea about this. They're just trying to pay the taxes, you know, uh, go to work, you know, pay off their school debt or go to college for their, you know, entire brain development years. And uh, so then the kid is, is, um, you know, out and born out in the environment, gets loaded up with a whole bunch of vaccines. Uh, So, you know, about... 25 about 20 years ago you started getting some form of high-speed internet in the cities Mm -hmm. uh one of the things that's been happening as long as high-speed internet's been available is parents um and mostly single moms have been using internet devices as pacifiers and babysitters Mm -hmm. so now you have this toxic environment that uh and all the toxins that the the baby's been exposed to uh now the baby a, a lot of these kids are being um uh programmed I call it imprinted. So when a horse is first born, we do what's called imprinting. So we take and pick up the horse's feet. We put tack on the horses. We put blanks on them. We uh, blankets on them. We trim. We run the the clippers all along their face and by their eyes and their ears. Makes it more docile for later on. Every day when they're first born for like a week, you do these things and Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want. When that horse is an adult and fifteen hundred pounds, you can do all these things. They're used to it. They don't care. Um, and you're saying all this stuff is done before they even set foot in the government indoctrination. Camp. Right. And that's, no, that's what I was getting to next. So you have cherry on top. Right. So, there. So, so you have the Internet. Um, you know, the, the kid's brain is 90 percent developed by the time they're six years old. Mm-hmm. So now you have this high speed Internet uh, where they're like um, one of the examples is you see a lot of people who are, um, you know, millennials, for example, that, you know, bounce around and they act like an animated character. Well, when you have a lot, <laughs> just like on, you know, YouTubers or whatever, or uh-huh. just people in general is kind of the way they act. And then you have the whole like, I'm a furry, I'm a cat, um, mm. you know, I don't know what gender I am, you know. And so I believe, uh, you know, big tech is certainly programming uh, the children right from a very young age as soon as they can get to them. Uh, a tablet is like almost for free. 
Yeah, especially if you want to get, you know, welfare from the state and, you know, fill out all the paperwork as a single mom. It's really easy to get all of these, Mm -hmm. you know, daddy government benefits. And they're even giving tablets out in prison now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, but the the tablets to the developing brains are really, really detrimental to the kids. Mm -hmm. When you're taking a shower in fluoridated, chlorinated water, you're breathing in. And then you got another chemical called fluorine, which mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure is. But so, so a lot of people like to take a hot, steamy shower. Well, yeah. all that stuff, you're inhaling it. That's a way better way to like introduce like this stuff to your blood. I mean, your skin's a pretty resistant membrane. But um, getting it into your lungs, I mean, that's you know, why a lot of people like to smoke their drugs rather than drink them or put them on topically because it works better. So you have all of these compounding layers with, you know, the junk food, the bad environment. And then you get... To the uh, indoctrination centers mm-hmm. that they're calling and 13 public years schools. of that at least. So, yeah, was it 15,000 hours or something? And uh, so then what they're doing with, you know, the, these little kids is they're essentially, and here's the other thing too 99% of the um, teacher union, uh, uh, of the members of the teacher union are registered Democrats and donate to the Democrat Party. Yeah, that sounds about um, And uh, so now when you have a whole bunch of, you know, these sort of leftists who are programming all of the children that are going to school and most kids that are going to school, uh, public school are not, uh, being, um, like my dad, I went to public school. It was a totally different thing 20 years ago. And, um, when I, or when I graduated school 25 years ago, uh, and, but my dad was like, what did you do today? What'd you guys talk about? And I can remember like, there was like the right to bear arms, for example, in eighth grade in U.S. history, uh, in the Scott Forsman book, which was a publisher for the public school, it said that a right to bear arms does not give uh, individual uh, citizens a right to own guns. Mm. It is for police and military. Wow. Um, and, and this was tw- 20-something years ago. Yeah, so this right? was like 19, no, it was almost 30 years ago. So yeah, even back grade. then, they were clearly pushing an agenda. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, just worse now. So, But like my dad was like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to go have a talk with this history teacher. Mm-hmm. And he was like very adamant that this was wrong and this should not be put in here. And the history right. teacher, the guy's name was Brian Walsh at the time. He was actually pretty all right, dude. And he's like, yeah, I don't know why they put that in there, but that mm-hmm. is incorrect. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so anyways, so you go through this uh, public indoctrination system and then you have a whole nother compounding layer where 23% of the children in America, which is the highest in the world, three times the average is 7% of the children in America are uh, raised in a single family. 23% of America's children are raised in a single family, and 85% of them are raised just by mom. So now mom has to be the dad, which is not natural, which is very much a struggle. She has to rely on the state in order to get along. Um, and, uh, so now you have, uh, you know, the brainwashing, the toxins, the chemicals and this, and, and, and if you, so, so the, um, what is the, uh, the exception to this rule I just laid out is, uh, people who are entrepreneurs or farmers Mm -hmm. and then most, and, and so, so we have people that are entrepreneurs and farmers that do live in a city. But farmers are essentially entrepreneurs. So you got guys like, you know, that 
I, you know, we've, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but, you know, people who like grew up in a city and were part of this culture and they've come out of it. Um, and they, uh, Luke. Yes. And you know, actually, I'm not sure if Luke's father, parents were an entrepreneur. I kind of think, I don't remember what Luke's parents do, but, but like, he's from the city. He's from New York. Yeah, city. He's from Luke New York. So, uh, Luke definitely woke up, but also Luke was 10 years old when he came to this country. Okay. So he was in Poland before then. And and there's a, a whole bunch of other things about Luke I'm not going to say in the yeah, air sure. that have to do with that. But there's examples of people who grew up in a city and their, and their parents owned a coffee shop. So if you're an entrepreneur, you bring your kids to work with you. Let's talk first to Kadu calling us from uh, Connecticut. Go ahead, Kadu. Yeah, first I was kind of optimistic about this national divorce talk. But now I want to quickly echo the sentiment that uh, I think the national divorce terminology perpetuates the false notion that there's only two distinct points of view. Yeah, I agree. Was that all you had? That was it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome to uh, elaborate if, you, uh, if you'd like. But yeah, we, we have way more than just quote-unquote conservative and liberal. I mean, there are differences within those communities. It's an infinite spectrum. And yeah. this is programmed with the whole sports government-subsidized sports ball nonsense. Mm-hmm. So in all the city areas, what do the kids do for activity? They play sports. Now, a lot of rural kids play sports, too. A lot of people play sports. They're uh, very much government-sanctioned. or Well, they're government-subsidized, so you have all these sports ball fields everywhere. Um and then the schools, you know, do sure. all these sports ball teams and stuff. And, and you know, the whole thing is, is uh, you know, so it's all about team. Uh, you know, the team comes first. There's mm-hmm. no I in team. You know, the football coach used to play. I played a little bit of football. But, like, we were literally programmed to hate the kids from where, Massachusetts. I grew up in Palmer. So we were the blue team. And I think they were green, like their color. Mm-hmm. But our color was definitely blue, and they were, like, green. We were blue and white, and they were green and uh, whatever. It's just but, so stupid. But I, I can remember, like... As like a 16-year-old being like, yeah, we're going to go vandalize their, you know, the bridge overpass and we're going to go like. That's how it it manifests. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it, was funny. Go ahead. It was funny. Like a year ago on any show, whenever I heard this national divorce talk, like I was saying, I was pretty into it. I was like, oh, this is that for that free state stuff. Oh, everyone's finally catching on. <laughs> and now but but now I'm I can see, oh, maybe this is actually almost enhancing the divide kind of thing. If if if, if divorce in people's minds means two sides. Mm-hmm. We also have Joe on the line in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live, Joe. Yeah, hi. Is is that Derek with you? Uh no, we got Matt and Jay. Hey, hi, hi, uh, Matt, and hi, Jay. Uh, I just call up to say uh, thanks a lot for the show. Sure. A show like this is very important with the way this country has gone, and I really appreciate it. And I just want to let you all know you're all in my prayers, and I hope the best for everyone. Well, high five. Back well, at you, buddy. You. Did thank you have you. any comment on any of the issues tonight? Well, yeah, when you get these uh, politicians, well, you know, you know they're lying because they've opened up their mouth and their lips are moving. Absolutely. And people just have to stand up and make a stand and say, you know, we're not going to put up with this anymore because you've destroyed something that was good at one time. 
If we if we learned anything yeah. from COVID, we learned that people are not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. And, and that it, was the chance. That was the big opportunity right there, and it didn't happen. People are going to go along to get along, and they will go along to get along right until they're loading them onto freight cars for the concentration camps, and they will continue onto the concentration camps. When they unload the trains, they will walk straight into the barbed wire fence corrals, and that's where their lives will end, and that's how humans are. I don't know why. Well, what's going to happen? But- what's going to happen is, uh, you know, they manufactured this food crisis and people are going to be hungry and the people are going to be trying to break into those concentration camps. There's that too. Actually, Matt, yeah. the whole uh, concentration camp thing you just said is utterly ridiculous because today they just give them a vaccine. You just skip everything out, just straight to vaccine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to put all that effort. Why into... bother with the logistics yeah, of a concentration camp, right? Well, uh, and also, I mean, take it a little further with this whole metaverse idea. I mean, this kind of builds off of what you were talking about in the last hour, Jay. Uh, Cyprian, who's a former co-host here on Free Talk Live, he used to be Vin Armani, now goes by Cyprian Online. He made the prediction that, uh, you know, like the Terminator movies, for instance, they spend all this energy trying to suppress the the rebels or whatever and the reality is the he's saying the ai is going to be able to do it in one generation with you know virtual yep. reality in the metaverse and being able to it's already happening you know the uh ai art for instance can generate a woman that looks you know as beautiful or more so than any woman you could meet in in real life and so he's saying his his prediction is these technologies are going to like loop with these incels and the you know these sexless uh, guys. By the way, which the, there's a, I think the majority of American males under the age of thirty or something like that are without any kind of relationship whatsoever right yep. now. And he's saying that you're going to he could they can kill an entire generation by just hooking these guys on uh, online e thoughts or e girls that the, are, they don't even exist. So the what exam- are the girls doing? They're going with older guys. Oh, I mean, or younger could, guys. No, 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 not the young. No, the younger <laughs> well, guys. Are I, I got an without. example of one. I, I, we'll talk about a little bit. It's kind of segues into what I was talking about before. But what you're talking about with basically the men not wanting real life, you know, in right. the flesh women because right. the Internet provides them with, you know, a, quote unquote, the perfect girl. Well, right? just an extreme dopamine yeah. hit that they're addicted to. So they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting a sexual dopamine hit from, you know, real women. Mm-hmm. They're getting it from. Um, you know, uh, anime, it, uh, it's already happening in Japan. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.